A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Hmm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the, the Game of, of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Bachelor Clues. Lizzie's not here today. She's on a very important mission. When she comes back, she will tell you all about it, rest assured. So with me today, filling in for Pace Case is the Dark Seeker. Welcome, Dark Seeker. Hello. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you for uh, being here with us. R? What? Who else is there? R. Collectively, the pit. Oh, okay. Thank you. We thank you for your dark service, as always. Um, Before we begin today's show, we do have a little bit of business. Of course, we have those bad at job mugs still available at gameofroses.co. If you have somebody in your life who is bad at job and you want to let them know without telling them directly to their face, you can passive-aggressively order them this mug. It will arrive at their home, and they will get the message, hopefully. I don't know if you saw this, but on our Instagram, um, somebody actually asked me. They said, hey, um, I want to tell my boss that I want to quit, 
should I write a resignation letter and give them a bad job mug? And I said, just the bad job mug is fine. Yeah. So if if you're looking to resign anywhere in the near future, don't worry about it. Just give them a mug. Give them a mug and never show up again. Um, <laughs> you can also pre-order right now a very important text. It is called How to Win the Bachelor. Uh, Pace Case and I wrote this. Uh, came out, what, last January? And I believe yeah. it's it's been out for about a year and a half ish now and the paperback is finally going to be coming out on may 23rd so if you've been waiting to pick it up until it came out in paperback format you can now do that you can pre-order it anywhere that you get your books and it will be again out on may 23rd we're very excited about that now let's do what we came here to do this is after all twibbin or we don't know really what it's called we're thinking about changing the name a little bit twitten was that the one that you guys had about that doesn't ring I don't think so either. I think we may just have to shorten it to The Nation. This is The Nation. Something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, but Twibbon is so catchy. But I mean, yeah. I, I know. Well, it's a play on Twib, This Week in Baseball. Oh. A, an old show from the uh, 80s that was on television. I didn't even. Wow. I've been working here for two years. I didn't even realize that Twibbon. Yeah. That's very smart. Well, that's what we try to do here. Smart things. But yeah, things are changing in the world of reality TV, specifically in the arena of reality TV dating. There are many of these new shows coming in specifically from Netflix that are usurping The Bachelor's uh, role as the dominant reality TV dating format. So we are trying to think of how to incorporate that in this title. We'll figure it out eventually. Let's still keep it. We'll call it Twibbon for today. Yes. Uh, and of course, we're going to start Twibbon with Game, Game of Roses. Of Roses. State of the game. Now, as we all know, base case is not here. That means we get to talk about something that we might not otherwise get to. (laughs) That's right, Pitt. We're talking about AI. And guess what? You know, I am going to let Clues go off and do his thing, but I am going to push back. Uh, pushback all you like. The pushback is futile. All pushback against okay. artificial intelligence. Futile. It is happening. The genie is out of the bottle. There never was a bottle. The genie was just waiting to come into full power, and that's what's happening now with artificial intelligence. So uh-huh. with regard to AI, it is going to alter every aspect of human existence in the connected world, especially media. We already saw... The RNC, Republican National Committee, came out with a commercial right after Joe Biden announced that he was going to run for president. They came out with this commercial that was like, what's going to happen if Joe Biden gets a second term? And it was an AI-generated commercial (gasps) of AI-generated images of uh, soldiers in the streets of San Francisco and stuff like this. Oh, I thought that they didn't like use his voice to say like crazy things that they just like made a like what a Biden world would be or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, obviously the crazy voice is coming, the crazy videos coming. We've all started to see, perhaps you've started to see, maybe not, but a couple of purely AI generated videos are going around the internet. One is a commercial for a pizza place that doesn't exist. And one is a commercial for beer. And these are made by literally just typing into it, a text to video generator called generation two made by a company called runway. It's not publicly available yet. It's in beta testing and only a few people have access to it, but you can literally just type something in and it makes that video. So we are, uh, we're on the, the threshold 
of everything changing drastically. And this is definitely going to affect reality television, specifically Bachelor, specifically Love is Blind, Perfect Match, all these shows that we're watching. You're not going to be able to trust anything you see or hear. And producers are definitely going to be using these tactics to put new pieces of video in their shows that don't exist, to get people to say things that they don't say. Forget Frankenbiting. Exactly. You'll be able to type in what you want them to say and they'll say it. Yeah. So you don't have to take my word for it, though. Mm -hmm. We've got a very special guest here to give you their thoughts on something. And this is, in my opinion, proof um, that AI is going to drastically affect everything moving forward. So please welcome our very special guest. I'm going to let him take it away now. Please enjoy. Hi, everybody. It's me, the great one. I just wanted to thank Game of Roses, my favorite micro show, for having me on today. Now, uh, last week, I said some really crazy stuff about reality, TV stars being entitled, and about Nick Thompson and Jeremy Hartwell being talentless. Uh, and I also said I don't believe anyone has ever been mistreated by reality TV producers. Well, I just wanted to say that I was high on a bunch of drugs when I said that, and I didn't mean any of it. My bad, uh... So to make amends, I'm going to be donating a million dollars to the You Can Foundation. So get off my back and keep listening to my podcast. Oh, and uh, buy my book. I give the best advice. Praise be the pit. Deuces. Wow. Yeah. Can you I believe mean, that? A one million dollar donation from the great one. <laughs> I mean, this is a big day. And we're his favorite micro show? Yeah. You know, he he really shit Ooh. on the micro shows earlier last week. <laughs> he was like, these little podcasts and these micro shows. But now he's he's turning the corner and now he likes Game of Roses. <laughs> of course, that was not Nick Vial. Let me make that very clear. It was not. Wait, it wasn't? I created that entire thing that you just heard with a an app where you can just type in whatever you want someone to say and they will say it. So I wrote that entire thing, but it's that easy. It's that simple. That took me 10 minutes to make. If I'm able to do that, a layman just sitting at home on my computer, imagine what technology is available to producers of giant reality TV shows. My, here's my first thing. So you said, oh, it's that easy. You just had to type it out and put it in. I would, what's the word? I would bring up Chris from Dallas. Chris from Dallas was very monotone. Whereas this Nick Vial, um, you could, there was inflection in his voice. You could definitely, different moods, whatever. I feel like um, you have probably mastered that and mastered like what to do. Whereas, I mean, we just have Chris from Dallas where it's so obvious that it's AI. So like not everybody's on your level knowing how to tweak it and everything. But that's just where it is right now. I mean, the, the right. real... Um, I guess the jobs that are now existing because of AI are the the title is called prompt engineer. And many companies oh. are hiring prompt engineers. These are people who know how to speak to the AI tools to get various results out of them. Could be as much as uh, getting, you know, different inflections out of a voice, but specifically where you're talking about image generators like mid journey, stable diffusion. There are some people who are so good at knowing what to type into those prompts. And it's not just about the descriptions and stuff. There's certain syntax or using weird right. abbreviations or punctuations to get certain results. People who are very good at that are now getting movie deals. There's a guy called the Visual Dome, if you haven't seen this on um, Instagram. But what kind of movie deals? Are we talking like Lionsgate or some like Amazon budget straight to DVD film? 
Um, I'm not sure, but I mean, there, this has been this was started with a guy a couple of years ago. He would make these. These are not AI generated, but they were these amazing digital paintings that he would do of kind of like a bizarro world version of Earth that had its own kind of weird history and stuff. And he would write in the captions about these weird technologies and whatever. And that got turned into a show on Amazon called, I forget what it was even fucking called, but that was kind of the first indication that like something like this might be possible. You could make weird art. And if it has kind of a little bit of a backstory behind what you're looking at, these studios might pick it up. There's a guy called the Visual okay. Dome on Instagram who has done just that using AI. He has built this strange world visually and it looks photo real. And now he's he's getting deals out of it. So that's just kind of one way that that AI is being used right now. But these prompt engineers are really or prompt uh speakers almost. It's it's like learning a language. It's like learning how to speak to these AIs to get them to do what you want to do. And that's where we're at with it now. But again, this is now. And new AI technology is coming out every day, literally every day. Even I, the people yes, in the no. field can't keep up with the pace of it. And I, you know, what's going to happen in a year? I have no fucking idea in terms of what reality TV is going to become. I just, I do want to bring up, you know, this part of it. Uh, Jeffrey Hinton just came out. He is uh, an AI pioneer who helped develop the technology that is at the heart of mm -hmm. chat bots like chat GPT. And he now says he regrets his life's work. And the only thing, uh, there was a quote, it said, I console myself with the normal excuse. If I hadn't done it, somebody else would have. I just feel like when the creator of something is coming out and writing this op-ed in a massive newspaper, like this mm -hmm. is, that's how... I know that you're very excited about this and I'm yeah. you do get me excited about it at times but I feel like a lot of people are only seeing the bad things and like I never know where you stand you're like it's going to destroy everything it's going to make everything better and I know there's that unknown but I feel like is there any advice that you can give to people besides <laughs> about learn AI? these AI tools no 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 I, I know like people are like scared like we yeah. don't know anything else and i think you're just so happy can you explain why like how will you pay the bills if you don't have a job like that's the kind of shit people are worried about hopefully nobody got to pay the bills again hopefully nobody got to pay for anything again because money goes away there is no way that human beings will shift the current paradigm enough to radically alter it in a way that would get rid of money, get rid of capitalism, get rid of all the shit that is making things bad. I agree. I agree. We have to have, whether it's AI or something else, at this point, like AI is the only thing that can do it. We have to have something step in that is much smarter than us, that takes control of the system and says, I will make the system better for you. That's the only way it's going to happen. But I feel like even the top 1% of people who do control everything right now are already, maybe they're secretly doing it, but they're mm. creating their own AIs that are going to do what they want that will overpower the over the other AIs. Like, I feel like there is still going to be this inequality. Like, it, it can't just be some perfect utopia. Right now, there is that, that inequality for sure. China has giant war AIs that are like working hard at war what? strategies. Yes. Google has huge AIs that are do like large language model AIs that are learning essentially how to become sentient, what they call AGI, artificial general intelligence. That's basically like, like right now, the large language models, at least per the companies making them, 
do not have general intelligence yet. They are not conscious, so they say. Um, that's coming very soon. I think within a year, we're going to see the first real AGI. Once you have an AI that is even a hundred times as smart as a human being, no one's controlling that. I don't care how much money you have. Then why aren't you scared that it's because you're not scared that it's going to kill everybody? You you say that you're like, I don't think it's going to kill everybody. But if it becomes its own being, it could. Why would it? I don't know, because we're just humans. We're just dumb. Remember, it's the computers who know everything. If you liken it to like if we are essentially in terms of like magnitude of order smarter than other animals if we are essentially like what ai will be to us if we are that to every other animal on the planet do we as a species have some kind of uh desire to destroy all other living things on earth we do not you're right yeah we through negligence through greed through fear we certainly have caused some extinctions and stuff but we're not like we must kill all chimpanzees nobody's doing that there's just no reason to i mean and I don't think the AI will have a reason to kill us all. Again, maybe through negligence, it's possible. And I would, I would even say if it does kill us, it will bring us back in a digital form. Well, that's okay. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look, I wanted to speak specifically about how this is going to affect media generation, not the, the bigger philosophical questions about is this the end of humanity or not? I don't think it is. Oh. I was here for the big philosophical. Right, right. No, I think kidding. that it is the end of a lot of the uh, kind of commonplace ways that we, or commonplace things that we accept as just like, this is how life is. This is it. We have these systems that control us. Rich get richer, poor get poorer. Government fucking passes more and more laws that are prohibitive of behaviors and ideologies and whatever. I think that's all gone um, with AI. But the thing that excites me the most about it is media generation. Right now, I'm on strike as a member of the Writers Guild of America, and one of the things that they have in their um, package that they're striking for is they tried to get the studios and the networks to say, you can't use AI in media generation. And the studios and the networks were like, uh, that's not happening. We're, we're definitely not going to have that in the contract. Did you see what they said back to them about the AI stuff? They literally just said, um, because they basically, the writers proposed like, hey, basically AI is, AI is not going to replace us, all this stuff. And the studios came back and said, no, but we will have conversations with you about new technologies, whatever that means. It's some yeah. vague, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the studios and the networks will immediately use only AI to generate scripts as soon as possible because it means a massive influx of money. If they never have to pay a writer again, the studios are saving hundreds of millions of dollars every year in development. So they will do that 100%. There is no stopping that. This will also be true of directors and actors. That's coming very quickly. Human beings will not be making media for commerce at a studio and network level ever again, I think. Now, this may sound terrible. It may sound bad, but it's not. You have to look at it in a different way. This is actually the most exciting time to be a creative because it means you don't need a studio or a network or a record label to make any of your shit. You get to make it all yourself with AI tools, and it will be of studio quality because the AI tools will be that good. It really is the, the final democratization, I think, of creative ideas, uh, conceptual art. If you have an idea for a movie, you don't even need to write it anymore. 
You can just give the idea to an AI and it will not only write it, it will make the whole fucking movie for you. And then you can watch it and enjoy it or put it out there in the world and see if other people like it or whatever the case may be. It's going to allow people to create franchises unto themselves. If you have a good idea, if you want to create your own Star Wars universe, your own Harry Potter, your own Marvel, you get to do that now and you don't need a fucking giant studio and an army of creative people to make it happen. You can make it happen by yourself. See, I like it when you talk positive like this. Like this feels like <laughs> more motivating than, it than is uh, it's going to take over everything. Everybody hide. Like that's how it feels. You're not singing when you do it, but it is going to take over everything. I'm saying that. Go back to the positive clues, please. That to me is positive. I, I think a lot of us don't like the current paradigm. I think a lot of people are in that boat. And if you want it to drastically change, it requires it to end, which means fundamentally the way we're paid, the way we work, the way everything operates has to fucking shift. And I know that's scary for a lot of people. To me, it's invigorating. It's like finally a technology. But not everybody thinks like you. So when you do throw out positive stuff like that, I think people will be like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the way it is at this point. Like, I think we're going to see the first fully AI movie made within a year. And it's going to be a little janky. Dude, it's going to suck. Let's be real. Yes, a little. It's going to be janky. But so was the first movie. Go back and look at the first movie that was ever made. It's like a fucking two-minute clip of a train. Well, I mean, there's some conjecture about what the first one was. But the first public screening happened, I believe, in Paris in the bottom of a cafe. It was just a camera set up. And it was filming a train that was kind of coming towards it, you know, off at an angle. And that's it. Riveting. Exactly. That was the first movie uh, screened. And the people in the bottom of that cafe who were watching this presented were diving out of their chairs because they thought the train was going to come out of the screen and fucking hit them. Are you serious? Yeah. And that was the first. Whoa. To my knowledge, anyway, at least what I remember from, from film school, that was the first movie that was ever presented. That's interesting. Cut to what we have now. Again, Avengers and Star Wars and like all kinds of shit. The technology gets better and better and better. And with AI, it gets better at a rate that we can't quite understand because AI is improving itself. It's doing things to get better that we're not telling it to do. It's coming up with new uh, functionalities that it is not programmed to have. Okay. I mean... So, I'm just saying uh, AI is here. Mm -hmm. It is getting better and better at a pace that we don't understand. And it is going to affect reality TV, all TV, all media in ways that I think are going to be fucking astounding. Imagine. Won't that make producers even more evil if they don't have to Frankenbite anymore and they're just able to use AI? Like, won't that mean even more suffering? Maybe. I mean, it's interesting with reality TV because I also think that there's there's going to be obviously a backlash against AI-generated media. And people are going to be like, this isn't real. I want the real thing. So you're going to have sports still, I think, will be gigantic because that will have to be real and presented right. as such. And I think reality TV to some degree is going to fall into that camp too. Because um, like, what is a reality oh. TV show if it's all AI-generated? I think scripted right. will be gone. Reality TV will still exist. But I do think, yes, producers are going to become more Machiavellian being able to use these tools to make anything happen. Which is why we need you, Ken, more than ever. And thank you again to Nick Vial for that $1 million yeah. donation. <laughs> right. Again, that was not him, just to be clear. We're just using right. that as an example. Um, yes. But if you go back and you watch an old movie, a Schwarzenegger movie called Running Man, it was about a reality show where they take criminals and they put them through this gauntlet where they end up either dying or if they make it to the end, the conceit is they win their freedom. 
And so in this show, uh, Schwarzenegger is killing all the gladiators and they're like, fuck, he's going to make it to the end of the game. We have to stop him. And they send in Jesse Ventura, who's like the last gladiator that's supposed to fight him. And Ventura's like, fuck it. I'm not going in there. You're going to have to get somebody else. And so they just use AI to create a scene in which Jesse Ventura kills Schwarzenegger and they broadcast that to everybody so because he's also Schwarzenegger's becoming something of like a folk hero. It's like people are getting behind him like, yeah, he's going to beat the game. Fuck these assholes. And so they put out this scene that's like, no, look, he died. And it's all AI generated. That movie is very like prophetic, uh, way ahead of its time. I encourage anyone to uh, to watch it if you like Schwarzenegger and haven't seen it. I only know who Jesse Ventura is because of Will Sasso. Oh, yeah. My co-host mm-hmm. on another podcast I do called Dudesy. But uh, yep. he also was the governor of Minnesota for a minute. And he was a pro wrestler and an actor. Oh, wow. But for him. Um, that's it. That wraps up the state of the game or the state of the world. In this case, I guess it's a little bit of both. <laughs> but AI is here. Please don't be afraid of it. There's no sense in being afraid of it. It's it's not changing. Like your fear is not going to change the fact that it is going to be integrated into every part of your life within a year. Embrace it. But you can change how you speak because again, just what you just did was give me a little less fear. Yeah. You the way you I think you could work on being a little more, you know, like hey, it'll be okay, you know? Well, I mean, everything's going to be okay always. What What's the alternative? Uh, is it really, though? Yeah. Uh, okay. I've never heard you say that ever, that everything's going to be okay, but all right. Depending on what your definition of okay is, I guess. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the state of the game. Uh, thank you, Dark Seeker, for indulging me this. Thank you, everybody in the pit, for indulging me this. And I hope that you are out there. If you don't know anything about AI, let me just say this. Get on chat GPT. You can go on yes. the, literally just fucking Google chat GPT. You can go there. You can get a free account, have a conversation with it, uh, ask it to do some things for you. And if that piques your interest, start digging a little deeper into some of the other AI tools that are out there. Text to image tools. There's a very simple app that you can download on your phone called wonder. You literally just type in, yeah. give me an image of this and it makes it. Um, I think that's a very fun app that's out there right now. And, and if- also chat GPT prompts. If you look that up in TikTok, there are a lot of really cool, smart people who are teaching you different prompts. Like, let's say you want to go for a job in a different field. You need to write like a certain type of cover letter. They will kind of set you up with these prompts where you put it in and change exactly what you want. And I've used it and it's very helpful whenever I just want to, when I don't know something about whatever it, it, uh, yeah. So chat GPT prompts in TikTok is another little helpful tip. Yeah. And then if you want to go deeper into it and start getting into auto GPTs or what they're calling baby AGI, I mean, it's a very deep rabbit hole. It's ever expanding. And again, literally every week, a massive change in the capabilities of artificial intelligence happens. It's every week now. It's happening at a breakneck pace. Uh, It's almost impossible to stay on top of, but you should at least have a a toe in the pool at this point, in my opinion. But uh, that's it. That's the state of the game and state of the world. Now we're going to move on to that segment of our show where we talk about... This Week in Gains. All right. We've been talking about gains. Obviously, we got no show in season currently now. But we've been staying as much up to date as we can on the Love is Blind players' Instagrams. And we're now in the week, a full week after 
the debacle that was the Love is Blind season four <laughs> reunion, we're still seeing massive gains. I don't fucking understand this. I know. Tiffany Pennywell this week gained 42K. She is now at 634,000 followers. Can you explain this, Dark Seeker? I mean, the only thing that I can think of is the fact that there are people who, during the time that Love is Blind season four was airing, they couldn't watch it. So now they're getting the time to watch it. There'll be people who are watching season four who have never seen it in two years from now. It's the fact that it's always streaming. Whereas with Bachelor, again, the whole reason why my name is the damn Dark Seeker is because I had to find these impossible to find seasons. Right. And no, it's not available to everybody. So I think because it's streaming, uh, you know, and it's inter- international, I think that's a big reason why. And I think I feel like she's going to hit a million by like at least the end of the year. Really? What do you think will get her to a million? I think again, I think it is just the popularity of this show. I feel like we're going to have another season of Love is Blind before the year is over. I'm I think um, and with that comes more new fans who are like, oh, I want to check out these other seasons. Yeah. I feel like the fan base is just growing at in, at a big rate. I also think that the Pennywell, uh, Brett Brown couple, they need them for legacy. I think they will hold oh, them up as the kind of uh, a new version of Goldini. They, I mean, they already have that in season one with Cameron Hamilton, Lauren Speed. And they bring them back from time to time. You see them popping up at least right. in social media and stuff. Maybe they'll do that here too. I don't know. But uh, just to go down the list, Brett Brown also gained 32K this week. He's up to 588K. Marshall Glaze gained 23K. He's up to 554K. His cousin, Justin Glaze, second place finisher in Bachelorette season 17. <laughs> Flatlined. He's been at 144K for three weeks in a row. Jacqueline Bonds up 7K to 163. Chelsea Griffin up 28K to 459. Kwame Apia up 27K to 353. Bliss Poritzati up 34K to 552. Zach Goitowski wow. up 43K to 462. Uh, Michael Lucier up 20K to 305K. Paul Paydon up 12K to 283K. Even Irina Solomonova is up 3.7K to put her at an even 100 fucking K. The villain That's, of the wow. season. Instead of losing 100K like uh, Brennan Marias, she gained 100K. It's uh, That one really did blow me away because now you see Charity Lawson, our next Bachelorette, has 102K. I bet by next week, Irina will have already surpassed her. Yeah. I mean, hopefully Charity Lawson puts on some more numbers as she's in season. But yeah, it's astounding to think of that, that your incoming Bachelorette is tied with the villain of Love is Blind season four. That's, Yeah. And it it shows you, I think, you know, we've we've talked a lot about how the the Instagram numbers are slipping for Bachelor. And just to go through a few more here, uh, last last season's Bachelor Zach Shawcross is at two eleven k. Gabby Elnicki, the runner up from last season, is at two thirty one, and Katie Bigger is at two ninety two. She was your ring winner. So the top players of Love Is Blind are more than doubling the closest Bachelor, and I think it really illustrates that interest is not gone on social media for these reality TV dating shows just for Bachelor. It's a, it's a hard uh, pill to swallow, but that is, yeah. It is, but, you know, it's like, I think all of these things kind of ebb and flow, and I think Bachelor can get back on top if it does certain things. Obviously, Pace Case and I did that episode where we were saying how to save The Bachelor. Who knows if they'll do any of that? But I think the main thing, especially with social media, is you got to stop demonizing social media. Yeah, no, I mean, just the fact that like, again, the fact that Zach was even allowed 
to plug his Instagram. I know, I know. We, there's a lot of discussion about that. It's still that's like and the fact that he wasn't demonized, he gained followers from that. Yeah, I just I I really you know, you've talked about this before, but with the producers like um, Bennett Grabner, and I, I do like saying their names because I think, you know, they've been villainizing yep. people for a long time. Bennett Grabner, we I, speak your name. Be nice, Bennett Grabner. Have you heard me? Be nice. Mm. Stop being so mean. Um, no, but I, I, I think it is really that control that they just can't let go. And they, for some reason, think the product that they're putting out is good still, even though the numbers are telling them otherwise. It's just this small group of people who just are gripping so tightly they can't yeah. even fathom doing anything else. I think there's a lot of head in sand kind of shit going on. Maybe that's the next oh, bad at job, yes. head in sand. <laughs> it's, head in uh, sand. I mean, I think they're just willfully ignoring the fact that they are no yeah. longer the most important reality TV dating show, and they're just going to keep going about business as usual. I think we'll they see, still though. think they are, though, because they're like, well, we can't see the streaming numbers or what. I just I think they're they're delusional. I see. I don't think so. I, I think after what happened with Love is Blind this season, or maybe you're right. Maybe they're deluding themselves that because the reunion was so bad, they're like, see, look, they fucked the whole thing up. They don't know how to do it. But meanwhile... We only got one segment that was completely mute on national television. <laughs> right? They made people wait for an hour and a half. We just dropped a little audio. See, we're not that bad. Ten minutes. That's yeah. it. 75 minutes on theirs. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, that's where the gains stand. And, you know, we're going to be covering this uh, coming up pretty soon. We're going to start looking at the incoming players for the next season of bachelorette um season 21 and or season, season 20, 20 sorry clues underwear drawers they're not organized they're like the the wild west the final frontier of wardrobes mm. and there's no rhyme or reason to them you got ones that are super old uh different brands etc you don't know what to expect but now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, 
body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. And that's going to be Charity Lawson, of course, and we'll we'll keep a close eye on her players. But again, I got no confidence in these producers that they're going to allow anybody to talk about social media or even pretend nope. that it exists. We shall see. But <sighs> that wraps up all the gains. Now it's time to get into that portion of our program where we're talking about all those tids. This is Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, Stagecoach has established itself as the premier Bachelor Music Festival. With a joint Instagram post from the official Stagecoach Instagram account and Blake Horseman, the two-slide main grid post featured Horseman DJing with a caption that read, Nothing but respect for my bachelor, at Baylockay. In attendance to witness Horseman's ascendance to the Stagecoach throne for his second performance in as many years in as many years were countless Bachelor luminaries like Corinne Olympios, Amanda Stanton, Rachel Recchia, Katie Thurston, Abigail Herringer, Noah Erb, Peter Weber, and Christina Mandrell. The music festival circuit offers Bachelor and other reality players the opportunity to mingle, make social media, and set up new dating narratives to be used in upcoming seasons of BIP, or perhaps Perfect Match at this point. While many of the same members of the nation attended the Coachella Music Festival, it's Stagecoach that seems to be establishing itself as the preeminent Bachelor Festival. As Horseman continues to establish himself 
as a vital performer at the festival, we can't wait to see who might be the next Bachelor superstar to take the stage. Somebody's going to do it. I know. I'm I'm very excited. Who's it going to be? James McCoy Taylor? Maybe not. Yeah, it's it's maybe Carly Waddell. Carly Waddell. Yeah, her new song is coming out soon. When is that happening? It already came out. out? Yeah, it's it's very catchy. Is her EP out? Uh, I don't think the EP is out yet. I could be wrong, but I know that the single is out. Okay, well, once the EP comes out, I'm definitely going to do a little... Clues Corner? Listening party in Clues Corner, yeah. Oh, let's go. Clues Corner fans, rise up. (laughs) Rise up. (laughs) (laughs) Rise up against your oppressor, Nick Vial. Uh, if if oh, but speaking of stagecoach and Nick Vial, I just gotta say, as somebody who has to listen to all of his podcasts, he <laughs> really loved stagecoach. I've never heard anything like it. He's like, well, I've never liked country music, but me and Natalie went this year, and I just gotta say, we've never been closer. I fell more in love with Natalie at stagecoach, and I think it has to do with the music. I loved it. I'll be going every year. I'm it just was like, horsemen. it's so. It, it was horseman. Yes, he was. He be- Balak High was was <laughs> weaving a sweet spell of love with his DJing skills over everyone in the audience. <laughs> a lot of stagecoach babies were conceived. Many, yes. <laughs> well, up next in Bachelor Nation news, the architect of BIP and the man largely responsible for ushering in the golden era of our beloved game, Elon Gale and former Bachelor producer Bill Dixon have a brand new reality show that began production last month. The show is called The Goat, and it's promoted as a competition show designed to find the greatest reality TV performer of all time. Comedian Daniel Tosh is set to host the reality series, which will see the 14 competitors face mental, physical, and social challenges for a cash prize and America's respect as the goat of reality TV. Former contestants from The Bachelor franchise, Vanderpump Rules, Love is Blind, Rapal's Drag Race, The Real Housewives of New York City, Survivor, F-Boy Island, Dancing with the Stars, The Real World, 90 Day Fiancé, The Challenge, and even more will all live in a house in Atlanta that is dubbed Goat Manor. (laughs) Contestants include Tasha Adams, Grocery Store, Christian Doubt, Reza Farahan, CJ Franco, Wendell Holland, Tech Holmes. Are these real people? Thanks so. Justin Johnson, Alyssa Edwards, Paloa Mayfield, Devon Rogers, Joey Sasso, Jason Smith, Lauren Speed Hamilton, and Jill Zarin. There is no set premiere date, but it should be available soon. And we will, of course, be covering that show. I cannot wait to see grocery in this environment. I hope he wins. He's got to win. There is absolutely no (laughs) shot. There's no shot. Are you fucking kidding me? Grocery up again. This will be a... Grocery has never had to compete for anything on reality TV. He was a night one guy who just got handed all this fucking paradise and shit. He's going up against people like people who are on fucking like RuPaul's Drag Race. The level of competition that they have to fucking experience on that show is that is like a professional sport. He's got no shot against somebody like that, in my opinion. Now, I don't know the the structure of the game. Maybe it is going to be favored to like his strengths or something. I just can't imagine him going up against like Joey Sasso. 
come who came from the fucking circle. There's just no way. I think he's going to get demolished, and I can't Listen, wait. Listen, <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, on today's episode of Clickbait, Joe is back, and he sounded very excited. There was something behind his voice that I'd never heard before. Mm. And although he wouldn't spill much, I could tell that, you know, maybe he comes in second. You know, I just, I'm always here for the underdog. I feel like Joe in this situation, I mean, sorry, grocery is definitely the underdog. So we'll mm. see. I mean, I think even like Tasha Adams would eat his fucking lunch. Oh, absolutely. When she was on clickbait, she controlled it. She controlled yeah. everybody. She was the main one. And she also went through uh, season 23, one of the most tumultuous fucking seasons in history and made it into third place on that fucking season. She's a star. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, some sad news. Popeye Peter Weber has confirmed that his three-year relationship with Bachelor season 24 fifth place finisher Kelly Flanagan has ended. Weber hinted at his relationship status during an appearance at a beauty convention in Calgary, Canada in April. After joking in a video from the event that he's attracted to a woman's eyebrows, the beauty guru beside him teased that her colleague would get his legs hair free for his, in quotes, <laughs> future wife. Popeye then replied, I've still got to find her. When the anesthetician told her followers, ladies, he's still single. He's in Calgary. Popeye replied, I am. First time here. We wish both Popeye and Flanagan all the best as they navigate through this trying time. Always sad to see a yeah. bachelor couple split, especially one like Popeye and Kelly Flanagan, who have been through so fucking much at the hands of the producers. And it seemed like they had turned a corner. I, yeah. In spite of everything that happened to them, they had found each other once again. It seemed like things were good, but, you know, hopefully it's amicable and uh, they can yeah. move on. It's definitely not amicable because she scrubbed every inch of Peter from her Instagram and she didn't do that the first time they broke up. So, well, we don't know the full yeah. story. Maybe it'll come out on a podcast or something. We just know for now the story is uh, their relationship is dissolved. Yeah. Moving on. The Great One is in the news this week after his unhinged anti mental health <laughs> tirade last week on the Vile Files. Love is Blinds, Nick Thompson, and Daniel Rule have responded to his comments. <laughs> Last Thursday, the great one took to Instagram to write, despite all the gifts, access, and opportunities that come with it, the poor reality TV stars need your help. Vomit face emoji. Essentially subtweeting the You Can Foundation, a nonprofit started by Nick Thompson and Jeremy Hartwell. The Great One went on to write, please donate to their ridiculous cause so they don't deal with any stress while they enjoy their free Coachella experience, free clothes, and five-figure pay paydays. He finished the post by promoting his own platform by writing, check out the full episode for the rest of the rant. Thompson was quick to clap back at Vial's remarks writing in the comments section. Wow. He's really going to double down on this horrible take while shilling for reality TV productions over where he came from. Shaking my head. The season two Love is Blind star later claimed that the great one deleted his comment almost as fast as I posted it and proceeded to call out Vial for his concerning message. At Nick Vial is doubling down on his horrific take. This is pathetic. Keep defending reality TV productions for their inhumane cast treatment from your studio 
and I'll keep doing the right thing, Thompson wrote via his Instagram story on Thursday. Thompson alleged that Vial is not interested in having a conversation about mental health and reality TV exploitation. He's interested in controlling the narrative, adding Propaganda 101. Rule, who filed for divorce from Thompson in August 2022 after one year of marriage, agreed with her estranged husband about the negative effects Vial's comments could have on someone who is struggling with their mental health. Rule wrote, quote, I directly messaged at Nick Vial before posting this about why what he said is triggering for some people and why certain parts should be edited out. There was no response, and that's why I'm posting this. <laughs> she then took to her own Instagram story to write, a cast member from Nick Vial's own season died by suicide, but he doesn't believe that reality stars deserve any level of empathy because of the opportunities they get, question mark. He literally gets paid to promote a mental health app. It's so hypocritical. She was referring to season 11 Bachelorette player Clint Arliss, who died by suicide in January 2020. The great 2022, ones, sorry. The Great One's take on this issue has been universally panned by the entirety of reality of the reality TV community, and it's rumored that he was trying to do some damage control at the Stagecoach mu Music Festival with failed attempts to get various players to align with him. His strategy from this point forward seems to be to ignore the issue and hope it goes away, but an issue this serious isn't likely to go away anytime soon, and it is my belief that this incident will haunt him for the rest of his career. Anytime oh. a mental health issue associated with reality TV is made public, and it seems like that is going to be happening more and more as these Love is Blind players are coming out and some Bachelor yeah. players are. Uh, anytime that happens, these clips of Nick Vial calling reality TV stars talentless and entitled are going to surface again and again and again. He is now chained to this opinion forever unless he comes out and issues a, a hardcore rebuke and apology. Which I don't think he... I'm I'm genuinely trying to think of a time when he has like said sorry for something. I nothing is coming up now. I don't know if you remember anything, yeah. but he's been in a lot. Again, Rachel Lindsay called him polarizing. Uh, that's a good word. Um, I, I when was the last time that he apologized for one of his scandals, or has he ever? I'm not sure. I just know there are certain. He does a lot of damage control behind the scenes. He does a lot of like yes. private DMing and don't don't talk about this, don't say this. There, not that I even want to get into any of the fucking rumors or any of that shit. But like certain things have happened where Natalie mm -hmm. Joint is concerned, and he essentially buried it by just sending out yep. a DM campaign and saying like, "Don't talk about this shit." So I know that that's kind of how he handles things. He very. Uh, definitely promotes like kind of his public image. And then if something threatens that he tries to go on these DM campaigns to like stop other yes. people from talking about it basically. But this shit, he said it himself on his, his podcast. Like there's no yeah. getting around that. I, I don't know how he um, overcomes this. And I think like he's got to be taking very close account right now of his numbers on his podcast. And if his audience is starting to go away, Maybe he would issue the apology, but I think until it, it like hits him where it counts for him and he's he's yeah. the first one to talk about being able to monetize your platform and shit. If that starts going the other way for him, maybe we see the apology. I don't know. But it's really just such a bad take. Like, I, I don't understand why he doubled down. It just is like it, I thought he was smarter than this. Honestly, it, it's such a bad take. It's such a bad look. And it's also like on the wrong side of this issue. His, not, yes. I don't want to say like wrong side of history, but that is true. I will. Wrong side of history. It is. This is where all things always move. All big like uh, media entertainment organizations, yeah. whether it's sports or scripted TV or music or any of that stuff. 
It all starts with the performers get fucked over by the companies always, every time, as much as the companies can fuck them over. Then the performers collectivize and they say, stop fucking us over. We're a union now. We stand united against whatever the fucking over is. You have to change that. And then it gets changed. That will happen here. And I think the UCAN foundation is like the first real step toward it. It it is happening, you know, and um, I I agree with you. I don't know why he's so uh, adamant about saying like, nope, these shows are meant to fucking torture people and you signed up for the torture and that's what it is and it shouldn't change. I don't get this. I don't understand it at all. I feel like there's there's gotta be, like, because he is so buddy-buddy with producers and I, I think we've now found out that either it's his PR person or somebody he knows who also is the PR person for a lot of the Love is Blind uh, contestants, uh, which is why he gets them on his show. I feel like he knows all these people. He's buddy-buddy with them. I mean, do they have something on him? Again, he did tell us that they took like upskirt shots of him when he was yeah. The Bachelor, when they were filming him in the shower or whatever. I mean, I, like, it's just so insane that that's where my mind goes. I, I think it's more like ego driven. I think for him, this is just my two cents. This is conjecture. I have no proof mm-hmm. of any of this. This is just what it seems like to me. Let me say that up front. This is his opinion. Yes, it is simply my opinion. One man's opinion. I think that it has more to do with the fact that he went through the crucible of reality television when it was like in its one of its heaviest manipulation eras. And he came out of it after having done in game things no one had ever done coming into another season, two back to back finishes that were second place. The whole uh, Bachelor of Paradise then becomes The Bachelor. He really was just the face of The Bachelor yeah. for about four years. He was the most important person in that franchise. And he came out of it with a giant platform. He leveraged that platform into a successful podcast, media empire, if you want to call it that. And I think he sees himself as like, fuck you. If I could get through that, the shit I had to go through and come out of it on top like this, and now you're whining because you're not as good as me. I think that's essentially what it boils down to for him. It is an ego-driven attack on people who don't have the same experience that he had. Again, if he does truly want to become a therapist like part of becoming a therapist is realizing that everybody has different experiences i know mind-blowing but like i mean that's so like fun like so basic and and it's his whole brand can you imagine him being a therapist and like somebody comes into him and is like look i I had this terrible experience and hopefully you'll understand it because it's like a very specific thing that maybe only you can understand i was on a reality tv show and they denied me food and water. No, they didn't. You're fucking lying <laughs> just to me. Gaslights you. That's your therapist saying that? Just doesn't believe what you're saying? No, you didn't. You're a talentless hack. Yeah, exactly. You said you're out. <laughs> you're talentless and tight. Why don't you go to fucking Coachella? Get out of my office. Go get your free ticket to Coachella. Fuck you. Whoa, dude. I guess I got to get a new therapist. Anyway, let's move on. We only have a, a, a short amount of time here on Twibbon. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. 
it'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, we move over to the Netflix reality world where the greatest reality dating player of all time, Too Hot to Handle and Perfect Match alum Francesca Farrago, has announced her engagement to TikTok sensation Jesse Sully Sullivan. The reality star announced that Sullivan has been upgraded from boyfriend to fiance in a celebratory Instagram post on Tuesday that was captioned, quote, we're engaged. A glimpse into the most magical night ever, obsessed with our family. What is life? Farago and Sullivan have been dating since July 2021, which did not stop Farago from her appearance on the first season of Netflix's Perfect Match, which aired earlier this year. Farago and Sullivan were supposedly on a break during this time, but some experts theorize that the break was designed specifically so Farago could appear on the show. And then the couple conveniently got back together as soon as the production wrapped. Would love to hear from this expert more. Woo. Some experts. Maybe one some. expert. No, many mm-hmm. people are talking about this, not just me. <laughs> Congratulations to Farago and Sullivan on this big step in their relationship. And we sincerely hope that they leave room for some more breaks in the relationship. So we might be able to see Francesca on Perfect Match again or any other reality TV dating show for that matter. And last but not least, the ultimate Viking Clayton Eckerd celebrated his 30th birthday on April 29th. Let's go! Congrats to the ultimate Viking. And let's now move on to that portion of our program where we're talking about all those plays our favorite players are making off the field on their telephones. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Like we mentioned up top, the king of stagecoach, Blake Horseman, a.k.a. Belakai, posted a joint Instagram post with the official stagecoach account where Blake can be seen DJing in the honky-tonk tent. (laughs) You kidding me? The fucking honky-tonk tent? The caption reads, I know. Nothing but respect for my bachelor at Baylakai. The post has 7.8K likes and 49 comments. This marks Blake's second time performing at the festival. Season 27 face play princess Kat Carter is ready to embarrass herself on national TV again. In a TikTok, Kat dances to the I'm happy to see my husband Beyonce sound in front of a picture of Paradise with the words me in parentheses idiot hoping to embarrass myself on national TV again. On the video, accompanied with the caption, the love better be worth it this time. And season 27 standouts, Katie Bigger, Gabriella Elnicki, 
Ariel Frankel, Mercedes Northrop, and Jessica Garad took time out of their Miami girls trip to share their unique beauty tips that they used while on the show. The TikTok has 443.3K views and 28.3K likes. We here at Gore tried every beauty tip and can confirm they definitely beautified me. Great. Jessica Garad doused her fellow Bachelor 27 players in her signature glitter spray to the song Sparkle by Loveless. The TikTok has 25.7K likes and 498.2K views. But uh, despite the incredible nature of all these plays, there can be only one winner. The entire season forecast of Love is Blind. Every cast member took turns doing their best impression of Marshall Glaze's fantastic face play. Glaze then posted the video with the caption, let's hear it. I think Kwame took the ring emoji, uh, laughing, gold crying metal. emoji. Oh, gold medal emoji, sorry. <laughs> uh, nothing like the OG, though, heart hands emoji. The TikTok has 1.9 million views and 200K likes. Congratulations to the cast of season four. 1.9 million views. It's amazing. To put that in perspective, that is only a million people shy, basically, of what Bachelor gets every week, the episodes <laughs> of Bachelor. That's so true. <laughs> um, but we must now move on to those non-human parasocial players. We're talking about them creatures. Do you want to do this one, too? I know you love the creatures. I do love the creatures. Please. So Creature. our winner... This week, after months of being separated, Kendall Long and her pup Pistachio are reunited in a heartwarming video posted to her Instagram. Kendall can be seen running to her dog who loudly cries yelps of joy for being back in her mama's arms. The reel has 20.8K likes and 321K views. God, brilliant. It's so, and I hope they're able to stay together now. I know because she moved to Germany there's a lot of like paperwork involved with bringing over a pet from the U.S. And I just, oh, it was such a sweet video. Yeah. Congratulations uh, to Kendall on this beautiful reunion. And now let's move on to that portion of our program when the Dark Seeker and I jump from the top lip of the pit straight to the bottom and issue forth our screams about how our fandom of this show and reality television generally has drastically altered our lives. This is Screams from the Pit. This is actually more, I've always, when I've come on here, I've done screams like you and Pace Case, but I've never gotten to do a joyful shout from the pit. You guys have done those from time to time. And so uh, today it's it's going to be one of those. Um, so I just got back from visiting my cousin who lives in Illinois and we spent a week together. You know, we've grown up together. She's one of my best friends. And she actually has a co-worker who was in the pit before her. Um, and I got to meet this co-worker. Her name is Natalie. She was wonderful. We swapped PTC stories. Uh, we talked about how bad you and Pace Case are at identifying animals in the document. What? It was beautiful. <laughs> How dare Listen, you? Listen, we know it comes from, we know that there's no malice there. Yeah. We just, we, uh, it's fun. It's fun. You know, but. To me, all living it, creatures are people. Okay. Wait, but 
identifying them is a whole different <laughs> thing. Yeah. But basically, uh, it. I never thought that my that part of my vacation, part of like one of the the highlights of my vacation would be getting to meet and talk with a fellow pit member. I just thought, you know, I'm going on a vacation, going to see family, going to do a few fun things. And now I kind of, any vacation I go on from now on, I want to meet a pit dweller there, wherever I go. Hmm. Interesting. Any mini move, I want to meet a pit dweller because it was so much fun. And again, shout out to Natalie. She's a massive fan. And um, it was so cool to meet and talk with her. That's a great fucking scream. Warms the heart down here in the cold black bottom of the pit. Now, allow me to issue forth my scream. Mm -hmm. I was energized with dark energies this past Tuesday. I performed what I can only call a speed drag. I haven't done this in a long time. I don't know why, but in the in the recent months, maybe even the recent year or so, I have kind of backed off of dragging people into the pit at public functions, parties, <laughs> things where it's uh, seemingly inappropriate to just steamroll someone with a 30-minute diatribe about why they should be watching The Bachelor and how it's the most important piece of media ever made by humans. That said, I found myself this past Tuesday in line for... The Poetry Lounge. It's a place that I go to often out here in Los Angeles to see uh, spoken word, open mic poetry. And in line behind me was a young man who struck up a conversation. He was there with a friend of his. He struck up a conversation saying, I think I was in line behind you last time. I said, okay, cool. We start talking a little bit, talking a little bit about the poetry, about the Poetry Lounge, mm -hmm. what the venue is like. And his friend um, mentions that she has a podcast. We start talking about what it's about, and then it comes up, what do you do? I have a podcast, and what's it about? I say it's about The Bachelor. And this young man then proceeds to say, oh, what did you think of Colton Underwood season 23? Oh. And immediately, <laughs> the switch is flipped. Immediately. I start, the first thing out of my mouth is, well, that was a very important season because it was the last season of Lon Gale, executive producer of the show, and he was the architect of Paradise. He was the architect of what I would call the golden era of the game. Blah, 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 blah. And I just fucking went off. It took me 30 seconds to drag this man into the pit to the point that he was asking what the Game of Roses Instagram account was and saying he couldn't wait to listen to the show. And it put in me a sense of energy and purpose that I have rarely felt, and it made me immediately think I should be going out into public and asking people if they watch The Bachelor and seeing how quickly then I can drag the people that do into the pit. Also curious to see if I can do a cold pull. Uh, I've done it before. A cold pull? The cold, well, uh, the cold pull or the cold drag is uh, you are dragging somebody in the pit who's never even seen The Bachelor. Oh. I've done it before. Takes a little bit of work, um, but I've okay. done it before. But this was maybe my record. I, I'm not kidding you. It was like 30 seconds. 30 seconds from wow. I do a podcast about The Bachelor to what's your podcast? I have to listen to it. And uh, that's that's impressive. Do you think you could get it even lower than that? Yeah, I think I could do it in three seconds. <laughs> Go. Go for gold. Eventually. But uh, that is my scream. And like I said, I don't know what kind of time I have these days. I've got a lot of projects going on, of course, but 
I'm I'm itching to get out to the Grove and just walk around and ask people if they watch The Bachelor. <laughs> Do some of those cold drags at the Grove. Yeah. Do some cold drags, some speed drags. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of other kinds of drags that I haven't even thought of yet, but it felt good. I mean, I just... You'll find them all out. The scream really here is that like, it was the feeling I got. It was like euphoric. It was like a drug um, to do a, a speed pull, speed drag. It's like you accomplished. I, I, I know that feeling. It's like, oh my gosh, like they get it. It's like a feeling yeah. of like, yeah. It's like not only do they get it, it also feels almost like a fucking superpower that you can just like in a under a minute convey so concisely, so purely what the idea of Game of Roses is to somebody that it unlocks in them like, oh, fuck, I watch the show like that, too. And I never knew that something was out there like this. Right. They didn't know that there was a place for them. Yeah, totally. It's fucking great. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, that is my scream. Let's move on now to a scream of a different kind. If you have screams of your own, and I know many of you do, pretty much everybody in the pit, I think, has some kind of a scream. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. You will get access to a wide variety of things there. All of Clue's Corners, all of Pace Cases, Palapas, all of Dark Seekers, Dungeons. You will get access to our uh, live show that we do every Monday at 4.30 Pacific Standard Time. You will get access to all of our Digging Deepers. At this point, there's probably 10 million in there. I don't know, a lot. And you'll get access to uh, all kinds of other things. But one thing you'll definitely get access to is our Discord, where there's a growing community of people who talk about The Bachelor and Game of Roses and stuff constantly. But also, in that Discord, you get to record a one-minute or shorter audio clip of your Scream. You're going to upload it into the Screams channel, and then we're going to play the best ones here. We're going to do that right now. The Scream comes to us from Rachel K. Let's take a listen. Hi, this is Rachel. I have a scream. Gore has infiltrated my dreams. Or I should say Clues has, because I dreamed that Clues was my dad. Which I should say I'm pretty sure isn't possible because I'm 36. But anyway, Dream Dad, Clues, and I would binge watch The Bachelor together, and we had this great relationship. And Clues took on some of the habits of my actual 74-year-old dad, so he was always walking around the house fixing stuff. But nighttime was for watching shows together. I even turned down my friend who asked me to hang out after work because I had plans with my dad. So that is my scream. Part of the scream, I think, is the dream was really comforting. Ooh, okay. Thank you. Bye. Well, I don't know what to say about this one. Um, <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> congratulations. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, Father's Day is coming up right around the corner. Um, I have never been anyone's father, to my knowledge, other than a few fur babies and a few squirrels. But um, <laughs> it's my pleasure to provide comfort in your dreams or anywhere else. Happy to be a part of your subconscious at this point. And this was so sweet. Very Just sweet. Very, uh, yes, like... You were a comforting presence. It's so innocent, so pure. Like, yep. Papa Clues. Papa Clues. Peepaw. Yeah, well, I mean, Peepaw <laughs> is more like Grandpa, and I know that's <laughs> something you like to say, but I'm not quite that old yet, okay? Can we be right. fucking real here? Even uh, Rachel <laughs> said, it would be impossible for me to be her father. 
based on age. So there you go. I'm a little bit younger than you give me credit for. I just want to get that out there into the world. But no, sincerely, thank you, Rachel, for this incredible scream. And uh, like I said, glad to have been in the dream in a positive way because I, at this point, semi-frequently have dreams about The Bachelor and it ain't ever positive. It's always a hellscape. It's always torturous, um, <laughs> which I find enjoyable, but it's not positive. <laughs> Maybe tonight you'll dream of a father-daughter day with Rachel. <laughs> Maybe. I've never had a, a dream in which I'm a parent of any kind either. Uh, just <laughs> FYI. In fact, that is my own personal nightmare. No shade on anybody who's a parent or wants to be have at it. No shade to all the babies out there, the children. Yeah, no shade to any of the fetuses. Uh, enjoy them. Enjoy the world however you see fit. For me, parenting is not in the cards. But uh, thank you again, Rachel K, for sending in that scream. And again, if anybody out there wants to submit your own scream, just go to patreon.com slash gamerose, get in that Discord, fire off a minute or under audio clip, and we'll put the best ones here. And uh, that's it. That wraps it up. Thank you so much, Dark Seeker, for joining me on this hallowed occasion. Again, Pace Case is going to be back next week. She's going to tell you all about where she was, I'm sure. And that will be uh, a very fun story. So we hope you'll join us then. But until next week, as always, before we go, what is the Dwab at? It has been 7,710 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be, Dark Lord Vanessa Lachey. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 